Oh, Jean-Philippe. You're home. I called you five times. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Uh, message machine broken. Nice crib. Was that uh, Berber carpet? Those uh, fucking shoes you wear. What are they? Uh, designer? Hmm? You fucking avoiding me, motherfucker? Where's my money? Oh, what are you gonna cry now, huh? Stand up, you frog-eating fudgetagots. I will fuck you up, man. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I am Jim Scampoli. I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. Did I... I'm oh. Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 45 episodes of The Sopranos. Um, and we've arrived now at episode 6 of season 4, Everybody Hurts. Um, just like the famous song says, there's a lot of hurting in this episode. But who made it? This episode is written by Michael Imperioli. Yes, Christopher Moltisante himself. Uh, this is not the first episode he's written. And directed mm-hmm. by Steve Buscemi. Yes, that's mm. Steve Buscemi, the director of Pine Barrens. Uh, and yes, we are rocking and rolling through season four here. Um, and you always know you're in for a treat when not the very first scene, but at least one of the first scenes of the episode, you see AJ hanging out with his friends. yes because it's rarely like and then they hung out and uh, nothing came of it I guess that's kind of the case in this episode but because usually it's like let's break into this place let's burn down the pizza place or whatever that might be a spoiler for next season I wouldn't know I've only seen 45 episodes well one thing actually uh, to back it up real quick to last week we didn't call out that the ending song that they play uh, as Tony's hanging out with Piomai in the barn. Um, uh, where is it? Yeah, My Rifle, My Pony, and Me by Dean Martin. It's from the movie Rio Bravo. Tony was watching that movie, specifically that scene with that song, in the season four premiere for all debts, public and private. So you can stop emailing us about it. Yes, <laughs> we, we did notice. But anyways, back to this episode. Well, yes. Well, even even uh, even before then, I wanted to say uh, another way to get in touch. You can email us, but not about that. But you can email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Uh, I'll mention that up top just in case you missed it. really does help us out. Like, for example, Yankee Fan, Heart, 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 uh, left a review that says, Great podcast. Really enjoy reliving the best show ever. Keep them coming. Nice work, guys. You guys deserve to get your pin, smiley face. Hell yeah, we Thank do. You. Hell yeah, yeah, we do. When are we getting... I should have been made right there on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I saw a crow, and now I don't know anymore. Um, speaking of made men, like you mentioned, it's not quite the first scene, the one with the AJ. We do start out with Christopher in his natural habitat, yep. drugged out of his mind, Uh barely able to answer a phone and he gets called out to go and talk to uh tony there i'll just mention as well that uh the rest of that scene before we go back to aj that tony lays out his plan like he's laid it out to melfi did he explain this to melfi at some point or am i kind of did because we were i I always talk about that because i think they do it in this episode as well where 
I, I don't know how much detail he's giving her because it drops into the scene and it seems like he explains his crime organization to her and then yeah. she's giving him advice on it. But yes, he did kind of lay it out of how he's he's looking to, you know, just turn to his blood, which he does kind of break down to Christopher here, which it's such a perfect Christopher Moltisanti thing because He's getting this is what he's getting what he's always wanted here. This this should be the moment for him. Uh, I mean, he should have already seen the signs of this happening, but Tony is laying it out for him and he's fucking high off of his fucking head like he doesn't even know what's going on, really. Uh, And he's, you know, at least from what I'm getting from this scene, he's not quite getting it either. (laughs) Like he's still not picking up what's happening. Well, he's at least in, like, maybe the heroine makes him extra honest because he does say, I just hope I'm worthy of it, which yeah. is like, yeah, that's the right reaction. And Tony's like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you be worthy? And he, he doesn't go, I'm high on heroin right now. Because yep. he does, Tony's like, have you been drinking? And he's like, oh, Adriana and I had a glass of wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's getting everything he wanted. And uh, they do mention that, like, oh, wait, what about Syl and them and Polly? And it's like, yeah, they'll stay on, but there are no spring chickens. And this is the long game. And he's like, like, it just shows what a bad decision this is. Because Tony's like, we're going to bring this f- this thing into the 21st century. And he's like, but we're already in the 21st century. <laughs> and he doesn't say it like a metaphor. He says it like Winnie the Pooh, not having any idea what he's talking about. Um, so, you know, great, great decision, Tony. Great uh, acceptance speech, uh, Christopher. Yeah, I and mean, it should be noted that Adriana is also um, laid out with Chris. They're both high because as we saw in the previous episode, she's kind of getting into shooting up as well. Um, and I do like that he, he Christopher is mirroring what he said to Adriana in the previous episode where it like uh, where he alludes to it to her like you don't know what he did for me I've had this thing hanging yeah. over me and I'd follow him through the gates of hell and then he does say that to Tony like I'd follow you through the gates of hell that's what I meant to say um, yeah. and it's just uh, it just really affects me because it it this should be this moment this should be this great like everything's now I can see clearly now this is what we're doing and Tony is because Tony's basically saying like you're gonna be the boss after me like you're next in line this is everything you've wanted everything you've complained about uh but you know I guess we'll see where that goes yeah and Tony is such a great like knower of like what things are gonna what how things are gonna pan out as we see in this episode like it's a big thing everything with Artie but like he can't see this clearly because he has an ideal vision in his head and it is interesting that that's I mean I haven't seen any more than this episode but it feels like it's not gonna end great for Tony I feel like this is like a blind spot for him because he has this sort of dream version in his head of how things should be with your family and then with your other family the your mob family like this is how things should be and he's trying to keep everything the way he's imagined it and then like it's like an American dream and the thing about the American dream is it's rarely like comes to fruition the way you want it to right yeah, and it's also like this thing of how your blood, but isn't he like technically not Tony's blood? Like, isn't it that it's like Carmilla's cousin and that, but he calls him his nephew? Uh, yeah, in I fact, he is the cousin of Tony's wife, Carmilla. Um, mm. 
Oh, he's a biological distant cousin of Tony himself. So does that mean that Carmilla is also his cousin? Like, I guess how deep do um, we go here? Yeah, don't do any of those DNA tests. You might find out things you don't want to know, uh, Tony. Uh, but I guess he does know because he calls him blood. So, you know, great job. Yeah. Uh, this will pan out great. Um, let's move back to AJ. He's hanging out with the cool kids. Like, these are characters like... Because before we've seen him with friends, but it's never really been like this is this character. Even uh, Meadow, of course, has had other characters circling around her, but this is the first time. And in the way they make the scene, it's like, whoa, who are these people? Like, I'm I'm interested in knowing more about these people, mm-hmm. kind of, because they have more personality than any of his previous friends that, that I can remember. And shout outs to one of his friends is played by Paul Dano from uh, There Will Be Blood, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, I believe he was in The Girl Next Door as well. Uh, but yeah, he's just a familiar face if you've seen some of those movies. Uh, he play he's the kid with the like the long hair and the glasses. And it right. is it is nice to see like uh kind of AJ's enjoying this attention of like you know, hey, your dad, like uh your dad's this big mob boss and even like as we see through this episode the the girl he's dating even says like, oh, it's like I have this mafioso boyfriend. Uh, yes. You know, it's 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 something interesting about him, and he's not embarrassed by it. But he's also, I mean, I get he's not quite flaunting it. Like he enjoys the attention, and then it gets to the point of like, oh, let's go check out your dad's strip club. And since he's AJ, he brings them to the pork store. <laughs> 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 yeah, which is a great payoff because I was just unco- made uncomfortable by the notion that they would stop by and watch the strippers coming in and out. Like, that was the plan. They were having such a shit time that they were like, that will liven up this evening. Well, I guess they were hanging out in some basement somewhere. To be like fair, it. maybe this is an East Coast thing. I don't know. <laughs> but I have a story very similar. Um, if I could go into my own personal life for a moment. Uh, when I was... I wasn't 18 yet, so I must have been like 16 or 17, and I remember me and my friend were hanging out. When you hang out in small towns, all you do is just drive around, like you just do whatever, and Mm -hmm. there was a thing where Jenna Jameson was dancing at like a strip club a town over, and we just drove there and like sat sat in a parking lot and like looked at the place. (laughs) Did you see Jenna Jameson walking in and out? No. (laughs) I guess we thought we were going to. Did anyone walk in and out? Did you see anything interesting, Jim? Just regular pa- patrons, I imagine. That's it. Mm. Like, nothing really interesting. I don't remember anything of interest. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, so, yeah, so it's true to life. This makes sense then. Yeah, so I get, uh, where, what yeah, I get where AJ's yeah. coming from. But yes, he's like, oh, wait, this is the pork store. And then one of his friends is like, it's a gay strip club, which is a great line. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that is very good. Um, Because, yeah, and then they just give up, right? They just. Yeah, I think, and I I think his girlfriend or the girl he's like hooking up with or whatever, you know, let's let's not put a label on it. Uh, Mm. I think she makes a comment like, oh, it looks uh, Candlestein or something like that. Uh, Candlestein. Yeah. Yeah. I I just thought it was just a funny thing. Like they're, they're trying to make the best of it. But yeah, to your point and the point of my real life, like, it wouldn't have been that much different anyways if they did go to the Bing. They would have just drove up and looked at it and then left. So either way, mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah, and of course, AJ had, like you mentioned, the fact that he brought them there is funny and he doesn't know 
where the strip club is. I mean, to be fair, like I use Google Maps for everything. I don't know where anything is. So fair enough. Yeah, that's, um, that is a thought I had too. I was like, oh yeah, because you like you did just go by memory. Like, okay, yeah, we yeah. go down Route 17, take a left, get off on this exit. Like nowadays, you you wouldn't have that scene nowadays. They would Google it on their phone and then just Google Maps it, and they'd go right there. You could probably even like street view and go inside, like, and <laughs> yeah. all the strippers' faces are blurred out, but not their breasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it would be great. Um, sadly, not yet. Um, so next scene, we do have Tony actually coming home and uh, getting into bed with Carmilla. And he finds out some unpleasant news. Well, before that, she comes downstairs and runs into Furio because he needs to use the bathroom. <laughs> and oh, they yeah. have like, they have like, it's becoming more apparent that this is a real thing, kind of. It's not just Carmela uh, in her head, at least. The way, the way Furio looks at her as well. I guess it's more reminiscent of the painter or wallpaper guy, uh, but it just so happens to be, you know, Tony's dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Though, interestingly, she also tries to set him up with someone in this episode. Yep. Um, which uh, I guess makes sense because it's, but it's, I, I don't like, yeah, she's like infatuated, but she doesn't real. I think she sees Fuhrer as a piece of meat. Like, Fuhrer doesn't have any personality to her. So sure. that's why I don't, because other potential relationships that could have blossomed up for her. The, at least with like the priest or whatever, there was more to it. Yep. But here it's like, yeah, I'll try to hook you up with my friend just so I don't have to be distracted by this anymore. Though she is enjoying the distraction, so I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It is he is definitely more. I mean, even as a character, he is more of just like a blank page. Like yeah. I like Furio, and but it's interesting to think of when he was brought in, you know, back in season two with the. Uh, the Italy episode and how Tony talked about bringing someone over who's loyal and he pops up and has some good scenes, but there's not a ton there. And I guess that's kind of by design. I don't know. Yeah. What about the rest of the guys? Cause that was part of the deal. We're going to get more guys yeah. after Fury. I haven't seen those yet. Are they still on the boat? What's <laughs> yeah. going on? I guess so. Yeah. It takes a while. Uh, but yeah, as you alluded to Carmilla does have some juicy gossip for Tony uh, as we learn that, Gloria Trillo uh, has committed suicide and she's dead. Yep. Yep. Which uh, is, I suppose, not super unexpected because that was the feeling when she was around that, like, Tony just had to go there so that something bad didn't happen. And then, like, she was turning it into a situation where she wanted to get hurt by him. And and he cleaned his hands of it and, and left the situation, which... You know, I, I guess it's the right thing to do for him, but yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't really play out well for her. Yeah, and I like how it's played out because he doesn't say anything because you know he really is being taken by this news, and obviously mm-hmm. he can't react a certain way or else you know this was his mistress. And Carmela's yeah. like, oh look at Mister Empathy over here, like she thinks he's just being like a dick about it, uh, and you know. It's we always it, it's always inferred that these actors are great, but yeah, uh, Gandolfini's doing some good stuff here, uh, like with his kind of blank face, almost almost in tears reaction to this news. Yeah. But then we get to cut over to Artie Bucco, uh, who's on the verge of maybe a very lucrative deal here. Uh, his <sighs> hostess's brother 
is bringing some what is it wine or uh, I forget what it's exactly called. It's the called. new cognac or the new, uh, the new what vodka. Is it? The new vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, Jim, Artie Bucco is really uh, he's he's really excruciating to watch <laughs> for me. I sent you a message that he's so embarrassing, and you know it's fine so far. But it's just that he's so impressed later when he talks to Tony and is like, "Oh wow, you saw how this would all play out," and I'm like, "Yeah, I saw how it would play <laughs> out too, Artie," because there is this French guy talking about a great deal, and he just needs this fifty thousand if you can get it to him, and as. As he po- like I thought I thought what was happening here is he would get a point for like doing the introduction, but he as he lays out like no, I'm gonna essentially be the one borrowing the money yep and he knows better than anyone what a bad idea that is like his whole restaurant uh, was on fire and he wouldn't ha- take any help from them because he wanted to go like well, he didn't really want to, but you know he he just he's so stupid he's so goddamn <laughs> stupid Jim. Well, one thing to to defend him in this point anyways, like the later on when he talks about how Tony saw that coming, I feel like he's right on the money. And even to the point that Tony saw Artie as a potential, like, th- like he saw this, even this suicide thing happen. And he was looking for someone to save because even though he cares about Gloria and that she committed suicide it's more about how he's caring about how he feels about it it's not so much that he cares yeah. about her really and that's why he even says to Artie later on like what if I came to your house and found you dead from suicide how am I supposed to feel about that like it's about him uh, yeah. and I, I and like even before Artie was saying all that stuff I'm th- I was just thinking like oh yeah Tony it this is the the uh the happy wanderer again this is the t1000 when he saw how that was going to go with his sporting goods shop because tony even said himself like when when he asked him like why'd you give me the money for the poker game and he's like i can't help it i just saw how it was going to play out and i was going to own your uh sporting goods shop or whatever we're going to tear this company down and get all the money from it like in there he's admitting it and i feel like it's the same thing here yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it it is very interesting. It, it's a very interesting uh, thing, and we'll we'll get into more of the details. I just yeah. wanted to mention two details before I forget. First being that uh, when the hostess says like, "Oh, uh, I we I know you're connected to these people," uh, Artie says, "Little pitchers have big ears," and he pinches her ear, um, <laughs> and of course her brother later rips off his ah, ear, through, and yeah. she also has an earring there. Uh, I feel like that's something that it's just one of those small details. I don't know if that was the writing or directing, probably a little of both, but yeah, it's, it's not something you think of the first time around, but it's kind of fun. Um, that's a nice call. And out. also another small thing of in the same episode, Carmilla says, like you mentioned, calls Tony, Mr. Empathy, empathy. And then later uh, we have Meadow calling AJ, like Mr. Polite over here oh. when he's not introducing his girlfriend. So that's something that I think sort of been passed down that mannerism, even if Carmilla and Meadow don't get along, they still have these similar patterns of speaking, which is kind of interesting. Yes. And I know jumping around, but, uh, the moment and, and like it plays out later on but when when carmilla is talking about her yard row and she's like i don't even want to tell you how much it costs and then there's a small beat as she's walking and then she <laughs> looks back and goes three thousand dollars like she can't even help herself like she <laughs> she wants to tell you how much it costs uh but yeah we'll yeah. get there. there's a lot of great stuff in this episode um 
as we're, we, you know, we're only like two scenes in and we're already gushing over it. But, uh, yeah, so they need 50, 50K for the, I'm looking it up, it's Armagnac. It's like a type of brandy, I guess. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we see that, like, the Charmaine and Artie relationship is interesting to me. I guess it's because, yeah, they are separated, but they still have this business and kids and stuff. So um, yeah. what kind of a nightmare that is that you still have to kind of work every day and have at least some sort of, you know, it's hard enough when having kids and if you're on bad terms with your spouse, but now you have to work with them every day. And I like yeah. that Charmaine can just kind of sit back and just laugh at Artie Bucco uh, because in these early scenes, it's not clear if she understands what's going on, but later on she even says like, oh, you know, uh, investment not going so good, Artie. Uh, she's like, all of a sudden she, she wants to play the hide the salami with you or whatever the comment is. So she does know that he's just a pathetic fool, uh, and things are blowing up in his face. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we've seen much of them in, I get, I, it was a while ago, but I remember them standing a bit closer at some point, you know, after they had their big fight. But then we also see Artie in this room with these square mirrors, which has a really nice visual effect. And I'm assuming that's like his bachelor pad that he's set up in now. <laughs> yeah. It's got to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, we uh, between this and that, we have Tony showing up to the car place to kind of squeeze some more information about what's going on. Um, and this car salesman says that it happened like a few months ago that she uh, offed herself and, and that uh, he doesn't know much, but he, apparently she wasn't lucky with men. And, and I'm like, but it's been like a year. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, but it hasn't. This was the thing. It's only been a few months. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was right after, just like he says. And uh, there's some other scenes in between, but him coming into Melfi's office again uh, and like come, going in like, oh, business okay everybody hunky dory like he's so tense and so angry and her reaction makes like it, it that's a great scene as well with him like threatening her and being mad and saying like why didn't you help her and like obviously she tried uh and the confidentiality like i can't tell you certain stuff even though she's passed away and maybe especially because she's passed away maybe she knows stuff that would help him but she can't say yep. uh, it's a really good uh scene yes yeah and even like Tony goes for the when he's initially getting worked up. Doesn't he have a line that's something like oh, "Gloria still hanging around," and it's like oh, such yeah. a like Ugh, like it, it really is. Uh, I think I'm, to use a Melfi line where it's like you really threw that at me like a rock. And then, but he yeah. does he gets to the point of like in season one when he did this, this was like a crazy insane deal where because it's the same thing where he's hulking over her, he's in her face, he fucking throws the uh, tissue box. And at that point she had to like get him out of there and lock the door. And she was scared, but now it's almost like this weird. She knows that Tony can do this, but obviously she's afraid and upset, but I guess she knows maybe he's not going to, he's not going to smash her face into a thousand pieces. Like he said that time. Um, yeah. And he even picks up after himself, picks up the, yeah. the tissue box and, and says uh, she was a good kid, um, but fucking crazy. <laughs> and, and yeah, well, I he was wants gonna, to alleviate his guilt, basically. Yeah, because, like you said, I do feel like Melfi knows more, and with that statement, she is trying to say she knows more. But I think Tony wants to live in this moment that it's be all because of him, because he even says, 
uh, she did it after me. Admit it. Like that's all. Like there's this weird yeah. kind of not joy, but um, I don't know. What, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's almost like he he does. It, there's a part of him that feels good of like, you know, ah, she couldn't replace me, so you know, she just had to end it all. Like even though he's definitely upset, there's this weird sense of like joy he's getting out of it. I feel. Well, he's talking to, um, I mean, again, jumping around like crazy, but he's talking to uh, his sister later and asks if she knew someone who committed suicide and asks, like, did you feel guilty? And she's like, yeah. And I think that's maybe helping him see that everyone, even though it's selfish when he's like, how would I have felt, Artie, if I found you dead? Even though that's kind of a selfish way of thinking, everyone also thinks like that and everyone feels guilty when something bad happens. True. Um, so yeah, he, he, I guess it's not right to say that he likes sitting in that moment, but he can't help thinking it's all about him because he, he does see himself as a weird sort of person who spreads death around him and i believe he said several times i don't know if it's both in this episode but he asks like what am i a toxic person and like that's the big question for him i think he does say yeah i believe he does say that in this uh this episode uh, but also yeah. actually now that we're talking about it does this count as the death counter yeah it's got it right gotta. It's got, I don't know if you pulled up your counter beforehand or not, but... Uh. I did, so we were at 33 deaths. Let's pump that up now. Actually, I got to pull up my counters. God damn Oh, God damn I already me. raised mine. God, where, do you have the sounder at least? <laughs> I got to pull it all up. I got to pull it all up. Jim, I don't know. Hold on. I don't know how to go on without I'm getting there. the sound. No, we love the sounds. We didn't get to play it uh, last week, so now it's exciting because we get to play it here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, whatever. All right. I got my counter up. I'm waiting for the sound to come up. Uh, we should talk about the. We were just like, uh, sorry, just a moment ago, we were like, yeah, and then whenever anyone commits suicide, it's very serious and we feel bad, but we got to <laughs> have the guts of Malanga. <laughs> All right. I got it now. All right. Let's okay, throw it good. on the counter. Here we go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there we are. There we go. So now if now everything keeping... feels right in the world. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so if you're keeping track now, we're at 12 stormouts and 34 deaths. And like you mentioned, Jim, I can't believe uh, this wasn't a stormout. Yes. You know, it's such a buildup. And then, oh, what a tease. I guess it, 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 it it's interesting because the reason that it's not a stormout, it shows growth. But also regression in the Tony and Melfi relationship. And actually, I was thinking about it. When was the last time we saw Melfi before this? I mean, I guess I, not in the yeah. last episode, right? No, because I was like, whoa, I've not seen Melfi in a while. I guess we did. We saw her at her therapist in the episode before that. So she was in that. That was the one with talking about Jason regressing and Bard and then his daughter and all that. So. But yeah, it just—it's weird because it did feel like it was a while. Um, well, but as he, far as therapy in general, uh, I feel like there's not been a lot this season at all. Um, am I right? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like uh, they only use it for these moments, kind of like we we're talking about earlier, where it cuts in and it seems like he's explaining his crime organization to her, <laughs> and she's yeah. giving advice on it, but. It doesn't. We get so close to a storm up, but we don't get it. And then, um, 
before that, we did see Artie go to Ralphie for the money. And Ralphie does make a smart decision here. Uh, I'm going to yeah. have to pass. It makes complete sense because this is Tony's friend. And he's not going to be able to collect the same way he typically does. Because then after Tony goes to therapy, he shows up uh, at Artie's place. And it's weird yeah. because Artie is, he's pathetic. And I love this actor. Like, he's so good as Artie. Um, but Artie also was making the good decision. He wasn't going to go to Tony for this money. He was yeah. like, ah, Ralphie wasn't going to give it to me. Ah, forget it. Not a big deal. Like, he even says, if this was, like, life or death, like, one of my kids had a tumor or something and I absolutely needed it, I would come to you. But this is just a dumb business thing. Who cares? And that's why it shows even more so the way Tony's pushing it is that mm-hmm. Tony's in need of saving someone right now and Artie's, like, a pathetic piece of shit. So this is this is the happy wanderer. Yeah, um, and it, it it is an interesting decision that he goes to Ralphie at all because, I mean, he's got to know that Ralphie's a worse person to borrow money from than Tony for him personally. But yeah. then Tony, I don't know, like, what's his think? Because he thinks he's going to get the money, but, like, so how <laughs> – what's, what's he doing? I don't know. I, 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 he's well, going to Ralphie. Well, what's Artie doing or what's Tony doing? What's Ralphie doing? Oh, sorry, no, what's Ralphie doing? I mean, what's what is Artie, Artie doing going to Ralphie? What do I, you think? I think it is just like he said. Like um, he he's smart enough in the fact that, like, I mean, maybe he also does know that uh, even though he's not going to Tony directly, Tony will still give him some sort of protection. Yeah, but and he wouldn't lie to Tony. He can lie yeah. to Ralphie. I think. Yeah. But yeah, I was impressed by Ralphie's decision there. And first I thought it was kind of like, yeah, I I don't want to hurt you and take over your business. But it's like, no, I I won't be able to. (laughs) And that was like a lot of that in the previous uh, uh, season there where it's like, no, I can't do this because Tony's stopping me. And they're best friends now. So that but but he wants to keep it that way. Yeah. So Tony kind of talks him into it and, you know, he kind of even plays up like, oh, you don't come to me. You know, we're friends. And Artie's saying that's kind of the reason why. Uh, Then he tells him about this this uh, deal. And then Tony takes the bottle and storms out drinking. And not really storms out. That doesn't count. Uh, And then we get to go right into what Sopranos loves, the dream sequence. Um, Yes. And, you know, it's it is kind of dream 101 stuff going on here but it's in my opinion it's welcome she's got the thing around her neck and tony keeps looking at it and we know what that represents he looks up this it is a pretty haunting shot with the chandelier and the ceiling and you see like there's cracks in the ceiling from where she hung ties it into sex as well because she's like do you want to see this or do you want to see this um and i mean there's like you know, we're in a dream. They're not trying to trick you at all because we know this character's dead. So we're, it's not like this thing where it's a surprise that he wakes up, but we're seeing Tony's inner workings here. Yeah, and the very first second I thought it might have been a flashback, but then you notice the thing around her neck. And, of course, it's very clear it's a dream. The way they use uh, regular motion and then slow motion, like, it was a super effective shot when she gets up out of his lap and moves over to the kitchen, and this black long trail sort of goes behind her and billows out like uh, like she's in a black wedding dress or something, and it's mm-hmm. in slow motion don't know what's in the actual oven because there's like some weird 
squishy sound yes. of her preparing the food, but then you start noticing the flakes come down, which is it's always more effective when you don't show the bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. and you just show what's around it. Yeah. Um, so usually not a huge fan of dreams, uh, like, you know, uh, but uh, I-, I like this one. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty effective. And then, um, cause then we get back to uh, Brian's back and uh, Tony, they have, I guess they've kind of worked out the trust that Tony's okay with the living trust. I guess this is the less locked in version of it. Uh, but Carmel is pretty happy, so I, I mean, I, I don't know the specifics here. I just assume since Tony's signing it, it's not the one they were talking about before. They've made some adjustments or something. Yeah. First, I thought uh, because she was so happy, it had to be uh, him now agreeing to the thing. And I thought that was kind of maybe part of what he was doing in this episode, that um, like he made Gloria kill herself he feels yeah um so he wants to make everyone around him happy like the money doesn't really matter let's make carmilla happy let's get uh already what he wants and needs let's just get everyone okay but they do mention it is the living trust i think so that means it is the other thing that he'd already agreed to and again the thing with Artie isn't really him being helpful either at the same time, he's trying to present something more positive into the world. Like, even just when he's taking his Prozac and uh, Carmilla's yelling, like, ah, Brian's here. He, like, has this weird grin on his face when he's yelling down to her again. Like, oh, yeah. be done in a moment. But it's, like, the fakest thing. Yeah. He's tr- and he's smiling a lot and just trying to be, you know, not super sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just trying to trick yourself. Kind of act the part. Uh, and then, yeah, he pushes Brian deeper uh, into his kind of thing because he has him call Patsy for a suit because, as we know, Patsy also uh, supplied Tony with the fur coat. Um, yeah. And then we see Artie kind of handing over the, the money that he got. He hands it over to the Frenchman, Jean-Philippe. And then we got AJ making out on the couch at home when Carmela walks in and, as we mentioned, the Yardro. Uh, what, what, and this is such a dumb thing to point out, but because they have the you know the funny moment where AJ has to get up to turn down the sex music that they're listening to, and he yep. gets up, he walks to the TV and picks up the remote and turns it down. Then he leaves the remote by the TV, and I mean like it's comical because he has to cover his boner or whatever. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, take the remote to the couch, my guy. What are you doing? That's what the remote's for. He's not clear-headed, Jim. He 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 still got poison running through him. He didn't get it out. So, but yeah, you're right. He just just, just put it puts it back. That's not what remotes are for. Um, but yeah, you know, I was surprised coming into a scene with him making out with uh, some girl. I was like, huh, okay, okay, AJ. Do you fair think, enough? Yeah, Good do job. You, do you think this means he finally killed that bug that was in his room? <laughs> They have a new thing for him to do besides trying to jump around. Like, how far young little AJ from season one has come? yeah that's true and and like i think i don't know he's such a nice uh airheaded young man like i don't think he's he's not he's never really like yeah he's rude a lot of the time but it's all through like this he's the happy wanderer like he doesn't know like he he's just like huh oh he just wanders through life and he has pizza and things get thrown in pools and he's kind of like i don't know and they're like why did you do this i don't know what uh and now there's a girl here saying oh i really wanted to be alone with you and he has a great idea oh my sister will definitely let me use her door yeah i guess yeah to have sex in her bed (laughs) uh and it's because he doesn't even it and when he calls her he doesn't 
like say that he doesn't ask he he just says yeah let's hook up uh and then he wants to just spring it on i guess that's kind of part of it like oh i'm not gonna ask because she'll say no maybe if i just corner her at her place and i like that there's this sign here of what's to come with this girl his girlfriend devin because he mentioned something about getting on the bus or the train or whatever and then she's like Mm -hmm. well just get a car service and he doesn't think much about it but even i was like She's going to hire a car service? All right. That's a, that's a clue, AJ. Things are maybe not what, what they seem. Yeah. And, I mean, I think she's like, oh, bus is so smelly or yeah. something, and then you get a car. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought when she when he was calling, I thought it would maybe be some sort of wordplay where he's like, no, I was call- I said I wanted to hook up yeah. with her. like, <laughs> but, uh, but, no, it just doesn't play out well for him at all. Um, but she's Meadow's all down to hang out at least. I mean, I guess it is kind of similar to me and my siblings. We don't talk much, but when we do, like, oh yeah, no, let's hang out, let's do something. Yeah, and I feel bad too because she even like had a plan, like, oh, one of my friends yeah. is doing like a reading over it, and it, it's it sounded like such cool like hip New York things to do. Like, we'll check out this coffee shop where they're doing like poetry readings, and oh and yeah, I, cool. And she does even make that statement of like, you're in this like cultural epicenter and. You want to have sex and it's, but in a way it's like, well, yeah, he's what, 16 or something. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, she mentions uh, like, oh, I thought, the, I thought it was going to look exactly like in uh, Godfather or whatever. And, uh, and she says, it's like, I'm some mafioso's uh, girlfriend. Uh, so I guess they're dating. Probably. Yeah. And, and, and it also is a good opportunity. We do see that Meadow is making good on, the thought yeah. she had earlier this season of looking into uh, criminal justice or whatever. She's working at the South Bronx, uh, South Bronx Law Center. Um, and, yeah, I like that. It, and it's another thing of them not they, – they think they're going to NYU, I guess, because they're like, this doesn't look like NYU. Like, they're so aloof yet again. Like, when they're going mm-hmm. to – they think they're going to the Bing and they end up at Satrielli's. They think they're going to NYU and they're just at a law center and they're all confused about it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, AJ's in a bubble just because he doesn't pay attention or uh, know much about the world, but she's also, uh, though she doesn't necessarily seem stupid, she's also insulated from the world around her, I think, in like, oh, we'll just get a car, and this looks like Harlem, and the driver's like South Bronx, and <laughs> locks the doors when they leave, Um and although, I mean, she's self-aware enough, they're in the car after that, sort of talking about how oh, wow, we are so fortunate with all our money. And he's like, yeah, so fortunate with all our money. And yeah, sort of leading into the end. Yeah, he's having this epiphany where he's like, and they keep kind of cutting to B-roll of just people in the streets just kind of going about their lives. And he's just like, look at how these people live and my dumb mother and her $3,000 yard row. And then they bring up one of their friends and like even him, like he's kind of wealthy, but he doesn't even have a dining room. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just five people in that little box Ugh. yeah it's so cringy but so like it's weird it's it is weirdly progress but it's also like ooh, okay yes um so anyway speaking of progress Artie is uh flirting with the hostess which is enough for charmaine to deduce that things aren't going right something's clearly wrong here with this investment and uh 
we also get a quick scene of Adriana bowing out of Billy Joel because, oh, we have all these problems with Crazy Horse and, you know, he's he's sick. Yeah, he has looked pale, Christopher, hasn't he? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, his skin looks bad or something, they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have Tony and Janice. Yeah, because Tony and Janice are at dinner and that, like we were taught, we mentioned earlier, he's asking about if she knew anyone's suicide. But that's when... This is when he does ask the question, what am I, a toxic person? Um, mm-hmm. I forget why, though. It's I forget the specifics on what she says. Like, she didn't go to him on some, for something, I believe. So, again, he's just, you know, he is a toxic person. So the answer to that question, Tony Soprano, is yes. Yeah, I thought he said it uh, twice in the episode. But, yeah, because cause, um, she's upset that for the – what was the reason he invited her out again? He brings it up uh, because they're having a good time just hanging out. And oh, oh he brings up yeah, Bobby. they're talking about Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about yeah, Bobby. There we go. And that's when he says, "What am I, an ogre? What am I, a toxic person?" I think he says it to Artie again later. Um, but either way, yes, that's that's the scene, and it's a good scene with Janice and, and him because they we rarely get to see these scenes where things are okay with them and they give each other things they actually need and want. So <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, and then what we have, oh, cause then Artie goes to Tony in the bathroom to tell him that, you know, there's some issues going on potentially with this money. He knows it's due in a few days, but, uh, he can't get a hold of John Philippe. And then Tony gives him kind of a nice pep talk of like, he's really breaking down the business because, you know, people start missing a payment. Then they act like they're doing you a favor by even giving you some of the money they owe. So, you know, you got to go over there and this is really like. There's no way Tony thinks that Artie's going to get something done here, right? Like, he really is kind of putting things in motion, I feel. I almost thought that this was, like, Tony bringing him into the fold because it's always been a thing where it's like, does Artie, is Artie going to be in or out? And he's kind of on, he's he hangs out with Tony all the time, but he keeps him separate. But then he helps him with this and they help him with that. And and this was almost like, okay, so, I mean, if this scene had gone differently and it beaten that guy up, he would essentially be like pulling in, like he'd be an earner like yeah. Ralph, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's not, sure. he's clearly not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking because he was treating him like, no, no, this is how it works. Let me explain it to you. Now go do it. And uh, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, then we get to the scene that opened the show where he's kind of doing the Travis Bickle taxi driver. You know, you're talking to me in the mirror. It's such a tried and true thing to use in your media or movie or TV show to have a pathetic character. I mean, not that Travis Bickle's pathetic, but usually this version of it is a pathetic character kind of talking tough to himself. And Mm. sometimes it's a reveal. They kind of use it as like a reveal. Like you think maybe he's talking to the real guy, uh, but now he's just kind of getting himself amped up. And I love the payoff because it's just such a small, like, like, like I love his choice when he says, kiss, say, and the answer machine broke. He says it in such is he's not like over the top pathetic, but there, it's so toothless, and I love that the guy, even for a second, like the guy's not even for a second worried that Artie's at the door. Like yeah. he's kind of bummed it's him because he looks like he's maybe expecting someone else, but he's also not afraid. Yeah, and then he, you know, he, instead of sticking to the script, he starts going, "My daughter needs braces," and then starts <laughs> cursing at him a lot and trying to choke him, which takes the guy by surprise because he doesn't think that Artie would ever do that. 
but then already gets uh, beaten up, essentially. I mean, they do sort of throw each other around for a moment there, and a lamp gets broken, but then <laughs> he rips his earring out and shoves him out the door and says, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. Great. Great yeah. stuff. Very embarrassing. They intercut it real quick from him in the mirror to him showing up with Chris getting high with his friend, just as like a quick reminder that, yeah, Chris is still fucking up, so he hasn't really learned anything from this new information he got from Tony that he's kind of on the upswing. Uh, yeah, because that scene is like nothing. It's yeah. like, it's there. T- that's You nailed it. I mean, that's what it's there for, I think, because at the start, it's like he, he has to sober up and go meet Tony, slap his face and all that, and then he's still doing up to his old tricks, so he's clearly not worthy. Yes, yeah. Um, then we go... It, it is weird the way these other scenes are intercut with... Um, Artie's like, you know, uh, attempted suicide, but then AJ at his girlfriend's house because it doesn't feel like they're happening at the same time type deal. It's just weird. It's just a way to break these up, I I guess. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, they just, uh, it's definitely not at the same time, I feel, because it's like daytime. It's not, it, and... I assume it's not a day that Tony is, well, maybe it is, yeah. screwing this Icelandic, I assume, <laughs> uh, hostess or whatever. And, um, yeah. So, but breaking down the scenes, we do have AJ arriving at this huge manor house. I love that they think that like the little gate house is the actual <laughs> yeah. house, oh, yeah. and then they come through. Feels this feels very Gilmore Girls to me, kind of thing, you know, where uh-huh. you have you think you're rich, but then you meet the really rich people. It's been something I've you've seen in uh, lots of media. Yes, yeah, uh, the realization. And then, like I love how his friend is kind of. You know, he's like, this is what rubber, this is like an original printing of Rubber Soul. And then what, she has Picassos on the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, your dad's not afraid we'll steal these. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, there is indeed a volcano on Iceland. Um, and Tony gets the call because because uh, Artie is, I didn't even put it together. I just thought it was like, yeah, his ear's in pain. He's taking it for the pain. But no, clearly he's. He's uh, trying to off himself, crying in his chair, calling up Tony, and Tony needs to rush off. But then, like, he's like, "What the fuck am I doing? Call nine one one." So, which I didn't even think of. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, you got to get over there, Tony." But like, yeah, no, yeah, smart. Because at first, I almost thought it was just that Artie was drunk and sad and depressed, and then mm-hmm. Tony was making it into this suicide scenario to save someone. But then, yeah, I guess it is clear that he did take some take something, and they had to pump his stomach, but. I also, not to diminish, like, uh, suicide or Artie's feelings, it was clearly a cry for help, but those are still to be taken very seriously. Yes. And, uh, I mean, even more serious now is AJ's befuddlement at his girlfriend's <laughs> uh, economic status. And he's really messing it up because he's like, oh, well, I thought you were normal. I thought you were regular rich like me. I thought we were on exactly the same level of rich, but you're so rich. And he's like Cinderella and he doesn't even get it. Like, he, you just fucking chill out and have a sandwich. Like, I know. To be fair, in reality, you'd probably react differently because, you know, we hate the 1% and all that. But, like, fucking have some some pizza. Enjoy the Picassos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like that, I guess, just because he feels foolish uh, with his big awakening. Because now he's having even another awakening that, you know, for you looking down upon these other people, 
Like people can, even though you're pretty well off, there are some people that kind of look down upon you. Like you're thinking about how your friend doesn't have a dining room and she's thinking about how you don't have like an armed guard, uh, you know, outside uh, your home or whatever. Yeah. And he does have kind of a point where he's like, but if it wasn't such a big deal, why didn't you tell me? Cause yeah. she was, cause it is, but then you wouldn't go around like, by the way, my armed guard said this the other day <laughs> and I don't know his name. Hilarious. Like, <laughs> um, so I guess it makes sense, but he is living the dream. Uh, I mean, this is from what young adult fiction and, and movies have taught me. Uh, this is what you want. You want to hook up with someone who's richer than you and then you have a small misunderstanding and then you live happily ever after. Absolutely. And it's supposed to be kind of like a, uh, when you find out, yeah, you're a little annoyed, but then it's also an opening to a whole new world. Um, but back at with Artie, um, Artie's breaking down. How am I supposed to pay you back? Uh, take the restaurant. Take the restaurant. Uh, 50000 I could never pay that back. And I love my one of my favorite moments is then Tony goes, well, actually, it's fifty one five, and <laughs> technically you already missed a payment. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's my, oh, I love it so much. Um, and, yeah, they kind of do have this like sweet moment like because they have been talking about his tab and you you were like Artie was you, you could see that Artie was getting a little annoyed when Tony and Janice were out and she's like I know it's expensive but can we have whatever the wine that she brings up and then Tony's like leave the bottle but it's mm-hmm. we know it's not like he's doing anything because he already has a six thousand dollar tab he's not that he's never gonna pay uh not even post this thing with him giving him the money like he wasn't going to pay it anyways but he's acting like he's doing this great thing for his sister uh but either way so in fact it is to reverse the earlier scene it is like oh they miss one payment and suddenly they're acting like they're doing you a favor when they give you anything that's him with the tab that's true that he's i bet there's a there would have been a scene in between where he's like Oh, here's a thousand. You're you're welcome, you know, for the six thousand tab, and that's <laughs> just gonna keep growing. Uh, but I guess yeah, they they agreed to wipe the tab. And what do they say about the guy? They're they're gonna murder him. Well, or like, Tony, what, what does he say? I mean, Tony says he's gonna assume the guy's dead. So what does that mean? Oh, assume is dead. So it is means he- like he's not gonna hold. He he's he doesn't have to make Artie go and collect it. Like now this guy is basically Tony's client, and that's why we see Furio show up later, and we assume that I don't know he cut his toes off and beat him with a <laughs> the phone book. Uh, he got his. He's gonna get his, and they're gonna get their money one way or another. The reason I was confused is that my subtitles say I'll assume the guy's dead with a D at the end. Oh, uh, no. No. Yeah. So this should be dead, right? That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So he'll just collect it and it'll be fine. Um, well, that's good. Um, but then the cobwebs are removed. Is that a reference to something? like, Or is he just being poetic? I think he's just being poetic. Like, yeah, it's like he can see clearly now. And mm-hmm. and he, the thing is, why this is such an arty thing is you can have this realization. Yeah, but just then, shut the fuck up. Yeah, about shut it. up. You don't have like just quit while you're ahead because you you still fucked up. Given Tony, I, I do see that Tony manipulated some of the situation, but you fucked up. You don't need to then do this. And it is kind of like whether he asks arty this, the am I a toxic person or not. Artie's answering the question for Tony here by telling him that, you know, you saw this all happen. And Tony just reacts like, you know, you suicide. He calls him a suicide or something like that. Like, <laughs> yes. 
And then he starts, yeah. you know, then he, he, you know, turns into real Tony Soprano and he just tells him, you know, the, the, he starts laying out what the, what he's going to say. You got mugged. This happened. Some kids came. They pulled your earring out. You fucking started drinking and took some for the pain. Yeah. And I mean, he, he wasn't going to take his wallet at first, but he takes his wallet because he's just annoyed, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Keep the story straight. Might as well really take your wallet. Yeah, which almost made me, because I wasn't completely clear on it, I almost made me think like, okay, so he is going to bleed him now, or no? Okay, I guess not. Um, but yeah, he says, you you fucking suicide, you're disgraceful. <laughs> and then that turns back, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and he starts crying again. To be fair, I guess he's still kind of fucked up, that's why he's like, whoa, I can see clearly, <laughs> that's man. True, yeah. You're like a hawk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um and yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I like it. I mean, I like the Artie and Tony relationship. And it's like, you know, we've come a long way from when Artie at one point had a gun on Tony. Uh, yeah, and Tony- I was thinking of that scene as well when he was when he was like, "Oh, I've got the cobwebs knocked off." I thought it was like, "Oh, you've now manipulated me, so I'm even more relying on you, and like I like you more." I thought that was what he meant at first. Looking back at the whole gun thing. Mm. Um. And but yeah, then we cut to what the the blind date, the Billy Joel date, and they're playing the like bottle of red, bottle of white, whatever it is, the Billy Joel song. Uh, and Carmela is kind of giving some looks to Furio's blind date. It's like the old uh, careful what you wish for, I guess, because I I do agree that she wants to kind of try to get Furio out of her head, like set him up with a nice girl. He'll settle down, have a family. But now it's like, well, hey, that's my man, bitch. Who are you doing with yes. my man? Very true. And, um, yeah, and, and it's interesting the way she brings up this girl at first. It's like, he, she seemed to very enjoy my description of Furio. Like, <laughs> she's clearly engineered the whole thing. It's not like, yeah. oh, they liked each other. We should make sure they meet again. It's like, no, she's made this happen. So there is certainly that element of like, oh, what did I do there? Um, but either way, the suit looks great. Yes, and yeah, again, like th- this guy is getting deeper in with Tony, and I guess that's a good thing. Is it? it I mean, is this t- is this Tony being a hawk again? Does he see maybe more potential into getting into the financial biz and uh, some sort of angle? I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, every time you say, I guess we'll have to see, I'm like, what he said is definitely happening. And I don't know if how clearly you remember your first view. Thing, uh, well, if you remember correctly, I will say that it's seasons one through three. I remember very clearly when yeah. we're getting into way more hazier areas for me with seasons four, five, and six. So I don't, I honestly don't know. Well, I'll say when he's like, Oh, Tony being such a great guy who I'm ca- proud to call a new friend and all that. It's like, even though he is obviously quite insulated in his mafia thing, uh, it's still like most people wouldn't, be pals with him wouldn't be like wouldn't respect him in that way because this guy's actually like oh you're such a great guy tony he said it several times and that must be kind of nice and i think you're right as well on the angle of like because he keeps mentioning how like the future is different we got to bring it into the 21st century and all that having a guy who knows how finance works is going to be good if we can so let's get him even deeper into this you know maybe we want him to us money and then he'll help us out or you know he'll just be the guy who fiddles the numbers everyone needs a, a, a bookkeeper and i think there's a nice parallel with aj's girlfriend dylan here where she's kind of like likes the idea of 
dating a mafiosa or whatever, however she yeah. phrases yeah. it. Like you get to you get to kind of vacation in this world, and I feel like that guy is playing off of that as well, uh, Brian, because. Yeah, he got the hook up on a nice suit, and like he even said, like he he enjoys like nice suits. That's his vice, and we've seen it with other characters throughout this show of like civilians and uh, like I guess regular citizens. You kind of like having this moment where you could tell your friends, like, "Yeah, I had dinner with Tony Soprano. You got me this nice suit," um, yeah. and then they don't always know what they're getting into. I even like the Cusamanos, like we saw that when they went golfing with Tony, but then they kind of made yeah. him feel bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those bastards. I guess I feel less bad for Tony having watched more of the show. Thinking yeah. back on that, I'm like, yeah, he is kind of an animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, wrapping up the episode, um, we have Tony again with Malfi, and uh, they he's sort of decompressing what Artie said to him now, and she asks if she, he thinks she would have if he would have done it the same if it hadn't happened right after Gloria, because obviously the whole episode is really about her and him. Yes, yeah, and he does that. He says, am I a hawk? And she asks, yeah, she asks him, why did he? Why does he have these pangs of uh, conscious about it, about it now? Like, why is he feeling bad about it now? And I think the question is clearly because of uh, uh, Gloria and his guilt. And I still think, to me, it's just still all about him. More so in a way than just a regular person makes it about themselves, because from what we know about Tony, this that's how he is. Yeah, and um, I think as well in general in him, there's a lot of safe self hatred that we see from time to time, and that's that's kind of part of it as well that he feels like he is a toxic person. That's why he mentions that he is like a hawk. And he, the fact that Artie says it's instinct that he didn't even like, because of course, uh, Melfi's like, did you? When he says like, he says I did this. Like, well, did you? And he's like, I don't know. Artie mm-hmm. says it's instinct. Mm-hmm. And he has described himself like that. Um, so yeah, it's coming to terms with who and what he is. And then we have, uh, I think it's the last one here of AJ hanging out with his friends. And to make it a nice contrast, it's just the boys this time. So, of course, there's wrestling going on and they're <laughs> in this basement. And it's like so different from the party at the rich girl's house. Um, and he's just sort of embarrassed about the whole thing at this point. Yeah. And I think that what they ask him, like, how come you don't have Don Corleone money? Like, why don't you have that Don Corleone money? And then he has to really ponder it. He's like, I don't know. Why don't I? <laughs> It's because they don't have Brian on board yet, so they can't make all the money legitimate. I mean, I feel like Tony has that money, but it's all in the bird feeders. Yes, yeah. And then, I mean, I think think they're indirectly getting at this point a little bit, but a lesser show would, like, hammer it harder of the... And maybe they get into it later, I forget, but it's like, who's the real criminal here, huh? These financial fat mm. cats taking advantage of the everyday person or, mm. you know, Tony Soprano. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Yes, it's going to be fun. Um, so if you had any particular impression of AJ's new girlfriend, why not send it to shows which you know show at gmail.com? Like we also mentioned at the top there, we really appreciate all the reviews coming in on iTunes and other review platforms. Uh, do send one in. We'll, we may read it out on the show. We may not, especially not if you don't write it. So please do. And uh, Jim, of course, can be found at jimandthem.com. My work can be found at awesomepedia.org. Is there anything else, Jim? Well, there's just one more thing to be said what's that cut to black <laughs>